Merry Christmas, church family. I'm standing here in Bethlehem. So this is actually Bethlehem, and I'm standing here in front of a cave. Uh, you know, most people think about Jesus' birth, and they think that, you know, it happened in a stable that was made out of wood, but most likely it was a cave. It was something like this. And if you go to that Luke chapter 2 passage, it tells us, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, that's where we are, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them available in the inn. And, and so when you think about this, you think this is probably what it was like, you know? Uh, and she laid him in a manger. It wasn't a wooden manger, it was probably a feeding trough. And just think about it, the impact of this baby born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago and how many lives have been transformed and changed in that 2,000 years. I pray this Christmas that your life has changed and transformed because of what God has done. Emmanuel, God with us. The Lord came near and our lives will never be the same. Merry Christmas. Oh, well, Merry Christmas, church family. It was so great to be in Bethlehem about two months ago with people from our church, and we go up every couple of years and do a biblical study tour in Israel, and there were people from all over the world there in Bethlehem. But I got to tell you, I know there's Christmas Eve services happening all around the world, but I tell you, there's no place I'd rather be than right here at this Christmas Eve candlelight service with you. I just believe God is here. And it's such a special time as we celebrate with family and friends and church family as we worship Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And our world will never be the same. And our lives will never be the same. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Uh, you know, one of the most challenging things uh, as a parent is choosing a name for your child, right? I mean, that, that's just like a challenge, right? You're like, you know, because you want to, picked the right name. And I remember Lisa and I were choosing a name for firstborn and we were going through baby books and we're looking at different names. And you don't want to give them a name that they're going to get made fun of when they're middle school, right? So you think about that and you're thinking about their initials and making sure it doesn't spell something funny. You know, you're thinking about it can't be anybody that you or your spouse dated at all, right? Those names are out. So they're out the window. So you're kind of like narrowing it down, right? And you're like, Okay, what name? Because this is like the rest of their life. I mean, right? This is going to stick with them. This like defines them in so many ways. And so you're, you feel this pressure. Now, I'm thankful for some creative people out there. There are some creative families who've come up with some really great names. Uh, people like the Job family who named their daughter Anita, right? You know, so like, they're like, I need a job, right? You know, so they're like, I'm not supporting you the rest of your life. Just know that, you know, so... Or there are people out there, you know, like the Payne family who named their daughter Ophelia, Ophelia Payne, right? You know, it's an empathetic girl right there. Or War and Peace, right? You know, they love to read, so we're like, make sure you're a reader, you're going to be there. You know, or, you know, you think your kid's exceptional, right? Like the Head family. They just named him Miles Ahead, right? So <laughs> our kid, they're just like miles ahead, you know, that, that's our kid. You know, creative people that are out there. But I got to tell you, when... We were picking out names. If we were going to have a boy, I was going to name him Thor. Thor Danger Simmons. I just loved that name. I thought he's going to be a great middle linebacker. You know, it's going to be awesome. So, but we had all girls, and they're awesome and amazing. And so we chose the name for our firstborn, Grace. 
And we just thought, you know, it's God's grace that he's given her to us. And just thinking about that. And man, she is awesome. And just seeing her live to that name. And, and our second, Mabry. Mabry is a family name on Lisa's side of the family. So Mabry Simmons. And just seeing her and her, the way she loves her family, it's really pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. And then our, our last one, Kate, Catherine. Kate means pure. Pure. And I love her. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And, and we just wanted her to do that. And she's a worshiper. But your name, right, reflects you in so many ways. In Jewish culture, the name represents your character. It represents who you are. And so as you think about this, sovereign God choosing a name. Choosing a name for his son. He has all these names to choose from, right? All throughout history, he created everything. What name is he going to choose? Well, we're going to look at that. If you have a Bible with you this morning or this afternoon, hey, we have Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, that's all right. We've got Bibles in the back. If you don't have a Bible, take one today. It's Merry Christmas, free gift. It's your Bible. Love for you to keep it. But we're going to see the story of Jesus' birth here in Matthew. And we're going to see what God had to say here. Matthew chapter 1. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Like God, the Messiah. Don't miss that, right? The entire Old Testament, everybody's waiting for the Messiah. There's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about the first coming of Jesus. And they're all fulfilled in Christ, written hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born. And he fulfills them all. Now, the probability is astronomical. But here we go, Jesus, the Messiah, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now guys, a lot of people get kind of hung up on the virgin birth. But I got to tell you, to me, that's like a level five miracle, okay? I mean, that's just like middle of the road. I think every birth is a miracle. But God sending his son, born of a woman, fully man, can identify with all the struggles that we go through, but conceived of the Holy Spirit, fully God. He has the power right? The power to make all things right. And then look at this. She will give birth to a son. Here's what the angel said. And you are to give him the name Jesus. God chose that name. God picked it out. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. This was written 700 years before Jesus was born. The virgin will conceive. The virgins don't give birth, right? Unless it's God, right? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Jesus. You guys, do you know what Jesus means? Yeshua. Yeshua. Jesus' name literally means this, 
salvation. I mean, how amazing is that, right? That's what Jesus' name means, salvation. He's walking around like, hi, I'm salvation. Good to see you. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, hey, I want you to meet my friend, salvation. I mean, it's like God's going, don't miss this. Salvation is here. Salvation has come. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Salvation is here. That's what Christmas is all about. And here's the thing, right? We can't save ourselves. We try. We try. We think, oh, if I could just be good enough, maybe God will accept me, right? If my good can outweigh my bad, if I have a good name, if I have a good reputation, if I do good things, but we're never going to be good enough. And that's when we need grace. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is God coming to us, meeting us. When we didn't deserve it, you guys, God came to you and to me. This whole idea of grace kind of came home to me about 10 years ago. Uh, we were flying home for, going home for Christmas, and I was taking my daughters and my wife, and we were all heading to San Antonio, Texas. And so Grace was five, Mabry was three, Kate was nine months old. And so here we are getting on the plane, Southwest Airlines, and, and you know, if you travel with a child, right, it's like you got more equipment than a football team, right? You know, you got like car seats and strollers and we're getting on the plane. And you also know this, nobody wants to sit by you, right, if you got a baby, right? You know, so you're getting on the plane and people are like, oh no, you know, here they come, they got a baby, you know, here they, they're coming down. And so we're coming down the aisle in Southwest, it's three seats and three seats, right? And so we end up in the back of the plane, and we're getting back there. And Grace, my oldest, wants to sit by the window. And then Lisa's like sitting in the middle. And Mabry doesn't want to sit by a stranger, so she's over here. And so all of them are here. Lisa's holding Kate, and they're in the, all these seats. And so then I'm across the aisle, like in my own little section, right? You know, it's like the aisle seat right here. And so I look over to Lisa. I'm like, Lisa, do you need help? And she's like, I got it. I got it. And my wife's a wonderful mom, like many of y'all. You know, she's got this bag. It's like Mary Poppins' bag. I mean, just stuff comes out of there, like toys and goldfish. And she's got all these snacks. And so she's starting off, and things are good. And then all of a sudden, Kate starts to get fussy, right? And she starts kicking the seat in front of her. And the guy in front's like, really? You know, and, and Lisa's like, I got this. I got this. Well, I'm over here. And I'm like, well, I guess I can't help. Put my earphones in, get a book, right? I'm kicking back, like, the best flight ever, right? You know? Lisa's over here battling. Yeah, she's going, she's got all the kids, and she's doing this. And then Kate's just rambunctious and restless and fighting her. And after about an hour and a half, like, Lisa's just worn out. She's exhausted. And we're about to land in San Antonio. And Kate just lets out this big scream. And Lisa's like, I'm done. And she looks over at me, take your child. Right? My child all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> take your child. I'm like, what? Oh, okay. You know? So I take Kate. And I think Kate realizes, oh, I'm in trouble. Right? Nine months. She's like, uh. And so she just buries a little head in my chest. And she just goes right to sleep. 
the plane lands, right? And we just like start to unload. I look over and Lisa's like her hair's all disheveled, you know, and she's like been fighting this battle. And we all stand up and this lady about three rows up looks back at Lisa. Then she looks at me holding sweet Kate who's sound asleep. Then she looks back at Lisa and she says to Lisa, you have the most wonderful husband I thought Lisa was going over the seats after. <laughs> oh no, you know. But I thought right then, like, I didn't deserve that, right? I didn't do anything. Really, she did all the work. She did it all. And you know what? That's exactly what God's done for us. Jesus comes and does all of the work. And we're trying, right? But, but listen, we can't earn it. We're never going to be good enough. Look at this verse. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Guys, all of us. That's probably not a newsflash to you or to me at all, right? We're all work in progress. We've all made mistakes. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I've got to tell you this. There is a holy God and there is sinful man. And we've got a problem. We've got an issue, right? What are we going to do? Are we going to be eternally separated from God? No, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ came. He paid the price. Holy God, sinful man. Jesus stood in the gap and Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. He paid the price so that you and I could have that relationship with God. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because of the cross, because of what Jesus has done for us, and that our lives will never be the same. Look at this verse. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is it's where salvation comes. Not in, hey, if my good outweighs my bad, if I'm good enough. No, it's in what Christ has done for us. Confessing the name of Jesus, Jesus is Lord. I got to tell you, a level five miracle, right? The virgin birth. I think a level 10 miracle is what God's doing today. Because God is still transforming lives today. I just think back over this past year. And what God's done in people's lives, it's been awesome. I was talking with a guy a couple weeks ago, and he goes, you know, before I came to church here, he goes, I used to be scared to go to church. He goes, I'm telling you, man, the stuff I'd done in my past, and I was like, whoa, God doesn't like me at all. And he goes, I was scared to go. And then he started, I started coming, and I heard about a God who loves me and a God who cares, and I've watched this guy give his life to Christ. I've watched him confess Jesus as Lord. I've seen him be baptized and watch his wife be baptized and their kids be baptized. And, and I'd see him on Sundays with such joy. Man, he can't wait to be at church. He's a leader in our community. He's a leader here. I talked with another guy, man, who just said, my life has been changed because of Jesus. I talked with a girl and she told me about calling her granddad. She's been praying for her granddad. Her granddad, 90 years old, he was an atheist, doesn't believe. And she said, granddad, I, I love you. I don't want to spend eternity without you. And her own kids get on the phone and said, Papa, I want you to know Jesus. And at 90 years old, he confesses the name of Jesus. 
gives his life to Christ. And she's telling me this story with tears in her eyes. She's going, I'm going to be with my great dad forever, in eternity. And the joy there of seeing lives change. I talked to a teacher who said, I'm a believer now. God's changing my heart and changing my lives. Guys, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Power in your life to bring salvation. Power in your life to bring healing into your marriage. Power in your life to bring hope into your home. There is power in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And you know this? God knows your name. God knows your name. In fact, it's not an accident that you're here today. Maybe we wrapped your gifts at the mall. Maybe a neighbor invited you. Maybe you're in town visiting family or friends. Listen, God brought you here because God knows your name. And God has drawn you to himself. He's inviting you into a relationship with him. I was eight years old when I committed my life to Christ. Greatest decision of my entire life. I just fall more in love with God every day and just seeing God work. It is awesome. And God has a plan for you. In fact, there's still breath in your lungs for a reason and a purpose. God is not finished with you. And I believe this, your best days are still ahead. And Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. You know, when a child comes along, everything changes, right? Everything changes. I was filling out some insurance paperwork the other day, and, and the lady said, so what's your full name? And I said, Jeffrey Lamar Simmons. And I said to her, what's your name? And she told me her name, and then she said, but I think if my name were Daisy, I would have a whole different life. I was like, that's random, but okay, you know, like, that's, that's great, a whole different life. And then I started thinking about it. You know what, your name means there is a whole different life. And for some of you, this year your name may have changed. Maybe you're called mom. Maybe you're called dad. And with the joy and even responsibility that that brings, maybe you're called nana or you're called papa. Maybe you're called big brother or big sister. There's a new name. You know what? When a child comes in, everything changes. And when Jesus is born, not just 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, but when he's born in your heart and your life, you know what? Your name changes. Here's what your name, name becomes redeemed. You are redeemed. You are bought back. That's what redemption is. Jesus pays the price. He buys you back. You are redeemed. You are restored. That's your name. I'm restored. I was created for a relationship with God, and I went and sinned, but, but God restored me through the grace of Jesus. Hey, my new name is accepted. <laughs> I'm accepted. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. The past doesn't define me. Christ defines me. Who I am in him. And listen, your new name, you're loved. Guys, God not only likes you, God loves you. God loves you. In fact, God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to pay the price that you and I were supposed to pay. You are that loved. When you understand that love, 
everything changes. You can live in confidence. You can live in grace. You can live the life that God called you and created you to live because you are loved. I pray this Christmas that the Christmas story wouldn't just be something that you know in your head, but it would come alive in your heart. You would make that journey 18 inches from your head to your heart. That you would receive the greatest gift of all, the love of God for you. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Personal. Not your family's faith, not your church's faith, your country's faith, but today would it be your faith. Today would you say, Jesus is Lord of my life, and I'm going to live my life for him. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I, I don't know where you are today. And maybe you're here today and, and you've really not ever believed. You've never given your life to Christ. You've been living your life for yourself. You've been trying to do it on your own. And maybe you're tired and worn out. And right now you just say, Jesus, come into my heart, my life. Forgive me, redeem me, restore me, make me yours. Jesus is Lord. Maybe today is a day of salvation for you. <laughs> Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Maybe today God's calling you to take a next step in your faith. To say, I want to make church a priority. I want to make Christ a priority. I want to... I want to bring Christ in my marriage or into my family. I want, to, I want to raise up the next generation. I want to pour into them. Maybe today God's just saying, listen, you are loved. You are loved. Stop beating yourself up or feeling guilt or shame. Listen, you are loved and you are accepted. That's what Christmas is all about. So, Father, thank you for Jesus and that our salvation comes in Christ, in Christ alone. Thank you for the joy of Christmas that wells up inside of us as we open the gift, as we receive Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. And, Father, I pray that we'd be Christmas people every day, that we would know we are loved, we know we're forgiven because of Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Well, praise be to God. God is here, and he is in this moment. He is in this place. And I want to tell you this. The light has come into the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. That's the beauty of Christmas. When you came in today, hopefully you received a candle. And I love this part of our service as we have the chance to just celebrate that the light has come. You know, whenever you have a birthday, right, you put candles on the cake because you want everybody to see. And this is our opportunity to light a candle and to think about that Jesus has come and been born in my heart, in my life, the light of the world in me. 
the joy of what God is doing in me. Here's the amazing part. When you share that light with others, <laughs> your light doesn't go out. It's just simply multiplied. And so I want you to watch as the light continues to come into the darkness. And I want you to watch as this place gets brighter and brighter. And you have the joy of sharing the light with maybe your son or your daughter or with your family member or maybe your parent or maybe a neighbor or, or maybe a friend or maybe a colleague. And let's watch and celebrate as Jesus has come. Cheers. 
look around. Look how beautiful it is, isn't it? The light has come and the darkness cannot overcome it. Because Jesus is here, there is light in the world, there is hope, there is joy, there is peace. When we look around, you'll, you'll never have another moment exactly like this. With the family, the friends, the church, the community, God is here. And God loves you. Always know that. Jesus is here for you. I'm going to invite you to blow this out physically, but spiritually I pray that the light will be alive in your heart and in your life. Let's do that together. Wow. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you guys, there's so many great things happening, and I just encourage you, jump in and get involved. Let's be Christmas people every day as we live our lives for Christ. Uh, this coming Sunday, our services are all going to be online, and so I want to invite you to join in. We're giving our volunteers a break, but at 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, you can watch online. And then January 5th, we're going to start the new year. It's going to be awesome, a brand new series. So be sure and be here and be a part. And let's just continue to give. Let's be generous. Let's be Christmas people all the time because of what Christ has done for us. Turn to somebody around you and just say, Merry Christmas. <laughs>